0: Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. Thirty minutes, forty-five for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez,
1: and I'm Brad Binkley.
0: Our top story: Jeff Sessions lost in the primary. He lost in the primary against a high school football coach. College, named Tommy well, Superville. Oh, college. Maybe, right, yeah. College. He was no, an Auburn no, was
1: football, football coach for a while, for a while. I think. Yeah.
0: So, and that guy, Tuberville, is going to face Doug Jones, who won by fraud, which we there is an evidence that he won by new knowledge faking to be Russian bots that supported Roy Moore. but the sessions thing freaks me out because. He was he won by an overwhelming landslide the last time he ran for the Senate in Alabama. It was amazing that they really had to pull out all the stops to get that seat in the hands of a Democrat. And I had suspected all along that the parasites that be, which are above the parties, were the ones who were responsible for pulling him out of the Senate, putting him into the Trump administration, tainting him, destroying him and letting him go. And I think I said that. Like, basically, the day he got drawn into the administration and other people, this has happened in the past, this is a new phenomenon, what a terrible loss for the Senate. Not because Jeff Sessions is my guy. He absolutely is not my guy. He's he's your law and order conservative who absolutely, in my opinion, violates, I was shocked at this, violates the 10th Amendment in his kind of tough on crime stuff. He wants Potts be completely banned. I mean, he I don't he is not a libertarian, but he's a lawyer and a good lawyer. He defends the Constitution. Generally speaking, he has certainly against internationalism. He has integrity. He's smart. He recused himself because of a technicality he was set up on. And that was a trap. There was no way to win. If he hadn't recused himself, he would have brought down the whole kit and caboodle. If, and he had Trump himself denounced him for not staying in the fight and skewing. The results. So it was very bad. And now he's out. People don't like him there because Trump throws him under the bus. And they have this guy who, whether he could beat Doug Jones or not, I can't imagine that his knowledge base is, is the type of firepower that Jeff Sessions brought to many of the questions of, for example, international authority and the limits of, say, the UN over the US military, for example.
1: Trump so, was campaigning yeah. for Tuberville, I believe.
0: Oh, is it Tuberville even though it's only 1B? Okay. Yeah, Tommy that.
1: Tuberville. I believe that he was probably pretty popular in the state of Alabama because of his time coaching mm-hmm. Auburn football. He had a lot of name recognition. Oh, yeah. So that was going to definitely he help him.
0: Way more popular than Sessions now. Yeah. For sure. And of course, that's what you want. That's what the powers that be want. They want somebody, a face job. They want somebody people love. Yeah. I mean, do you think that he's going to be the kind of formidable opponent to some of the shenanigans that the State Department tries to pull like Sessions was?
1: I have no idea how he will perform. I'm just commenting on why he was able to overtake Sessions. I was trying to challenge
0: you. I'm just saying it's unlikely that someone who spent most of his time doing something other than the law and government will have the kind of tools in his tool shed that Sessions had 75% of the time, I think, was in favor of a really staunch defense of the Constitution in a way that you're just not going to get from your man on the street or your average college football coach or yeah. above average college football well, coach. Well, he
1: went 13-0 and 0 in 2004 yeah. with Auburn, although I, I believe the, they didn't win the national championship because I think they might have been on probation that year, which that's because another...
0: Rules violation. So yeah. we, we are absolutely positive that he puts all his effort into football coaching and not as much effort into the rules. I'm just saying that the better the coach, the less likely he's a really expert, experienced lawyer. Right. So if he was just a, a dabbler as a coach, then I would say oh, maybe he was a lawyer in his spare time. It'll be
1: interesting to see because as a coach, he's probably a unique communicator. Because in order to manage a football team and communicate in different ways and motivate athletes to perform well in the field you have to be a good motivator you have to be a good communicator it'll be interesting to see how that plays into his performance
0: yeah and a manipulator and get people excited for you that's what you have to do you have to get past i mean i had a really great little coach when i was rowing crew which i was terrible at and she would get me to perform so well that i would when i was finished i would puke Good coach like that, makes beyond, all the difference. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So
0: that's something she got me to do something I didn't even think was possible and in fact was not possible because then I went and puked. <laughs> but but this so that's that's what you want. You want a, a masterful emotion garnering propagandist. I don't know anything about this guy. I'm just saying Jeff Sessions, I think, was whether you liked his policy and his ideological bent or not, you know, I've always thought this guy seems like the real thing. Yeah. There. How, how is he surviving in politics? And he was so popular that I think the only way to get rid of him was this. And I think it's, I think it's just cursorily that it was because Trump Abandon him. He was the first person to, the first senator to support Trump. And he continued to support Trump even after he lost Trump's support. And, and Trump just ended his career. And, and I think, I think given what we're working with here, that I, I would rather have just Jeff, Jeff Sessions than probably 95 of the senators that are there. That's I mean, I would have to actually weigh that a little more If Justin Amash and Thomas Massey were senators. I wouldn't say that, but they're congressmen. And uh, so I read another study that said or or not a study, a headline that said Trump that many closeted Trump supporters may swing the November election despite polling results. And boy, have we heard this one before? That's a supposedly what happened with the election with Hillary. And that's why I've been reserving judgment on which way this is going to go.
1: I think that could absolutely be the case because there's never been a time where there's more incentive for people who support Trump to keep their views to themselves, even if asked by someone who is polling them, especially if they're getting polled on the street. You don't want to say something that's going to make you suddenly become the center of criticism.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I would say the election itself is I know that, you know, this going to be highly contentious. I noticed there was an article about a Congressman Watkins who is being charged with felonies and a misdemeanor regarding his the address he used to register to vote. And his, so I read the initial arguments, it was like he used it, the address of a UPS store and all this stuff. I was like, really? Wow, that sounds, boy, you can't make a mistake like that, that uh, you think your address is a UPS store. Anyway, when I read the follow-up, he has a, that's his mailing address, and you're supposed to write your physical address where you sleep. And he just didn't realize it. When he realized it or was called on it, he corrected it. But he's still being charged, you know, he's being slammed in the media for voter fraud and all this. And I'm thinking, really, isn't it isn't it like inherently this voter suppression thing to expect people to have an address in order to register? Doesn't that disenfranchise homeless people or people who don't know how to write? You know, isn't that part of the whole argument of why you don't need voter ID? So that whole thing, I think, is just setting us up for for Just kind of catch-as-catch-can hypocrisy around voting, absentee voting, mail-in voting, IDs, all that kind of stuff, which goes to your uh, Stacey Abrams thing.
1: There was a letter posted on the Georgia Secretary of State page, looks like yesterday, about Stacey Abrams. This is the official Georgia Secretary of State page. And it says, Stacey Abrams and her political fundraising group, which, by the way, an article yesterday in the AJC also talked about how Fair Fight Georgia, the fundraising group, has raised over $28 million, blowing away all local campaigns and just an astronomical amount of money for this organization. Now, The letter goes on to say that Stacey Abrams and her political fundraising group Fair Fight Action are deliberately spreading misinformation to Georgia voters. After a credible report that Fulton County unlawfully decided to stop accepting absentee requests sent by email, Abrams' Fair Fight Action called on the Secretary of State. Office to quote compel all 159 counties to accept email applications for absentee ballots. The problem with Fair Fight's release is that there is zero evidence that any other Fulton, any other county other than Fulton, was not properly accepting absentee ballot applications submitted via the email as the Georgia action is required. Politicians, even failed gubernatorial candidates, should know even should know better than to deliberately spread election misinformation, said the Secretary of State. Implying that counties are not following Georgia law when there's no evidence of that, simply to get media attention is the height of irresponsibility, and then fundraising off of that misinformation is even worse.
0: So what did she say? She said that some counties were breaking the law?
1: There's one county in Georgia, Fulton County, that it was found that they unlawfully decided to stop accepting absentee ballot requests sent by email and so Abrams group immediately after that came out and issued a statement demanding that the secretary of state compel all 159 counties to accept email applications for absentee ballots implying that a whole bunch of other counties have been also found to do this so making it seem as though this problem is far more widespread when there's only one county that there's been any evidence of this found
0: right well It's surprising that they're calling her out on it. I wonder how much of that is political. I wonder if that's going to give her an opportunity to slap them down. I wonder how it's going to emerge.
1: It is interesting that this comes from the official Georgia Secretary of State page. I had to do kind of a double take when I looked at that. But it is a great point that they make because that is the type of exaggerating and the type of that's how that's one of the ways that Stacey Abrams always manipulates people is she takes this simple instance and she applies it broadly and saying, well, it happens here, so it must apply everywhere else. And this also relates to how she tells stories. It doesn't matter if the actual story I'm telling is not necessarily true. Right. It's true somewhere.
0: Yeah. That's definitely her style. Did you see that there was an article about her competitor, Mayor Bottoms, regarding That she may be tainted as a candidate for vice president since she was affiliated with Kasim Reed, who's now kind of being investigated for corruption, which two things about that. One, I thought, oh, you know, I still think that Stacey Abrams is going to rise in the ranks of likely VP picks. And I wonder why they would say that Bottoms' problems were her association with Reed when she herself was caught red-handed being corrupt before she even took office.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of crazy. So Abrams made comments against Bottoms. Oh, really? No, is that, is that? I thought that's what you were saying.
0: Oh, no, no. There was just an article saying, don't count on Bottoms getting the VP nod. Okay, I see. Because... She was all uh she was in with, with Kasim Reed, and Kasim Reed is being investigated
1: yeah. for corruption. L- like like there's nothing on Kamala Harris or any of the other candidates you can make the same claims about, you know. Well,
0: I just I just think that they're they've been trying to throw us off the scent of Abrams being the obvious yeah. choice. So I still think that she is. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm really wrong about that kind of stuff because I don't really get the machinations of the political thing. But I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I still, this is an interesting one. I got to say, this is an interesting one. I still think we're going to see that martial law surrounding the election. I just, I think there's a lot to it. Now, I also think that the, that COVID and race, I don't know if we're going to get Russian interference again, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of different factors that make the election yeah. You know, that make it really downright, you know, I, I think it's going to get physical.
1: Let's just say. It could. And speaking of race, there did you see the comments made by Nick Cannon last night, which have been trending no, all over the place? No, I see
0: it's absolutely trending. What, who is he and what is it about?
1: Nick Cannon is a comedian a host of a bunch of shows like MTV's Wild and Out I think he might be the host of The Mask Singer he was oh. uh, one of the one of the Disney <laughs> club kids or whatever that's where he came out of he used to be married to Mariah Carey wow and he got he lost some of his jobs. He had a whole bunch of them, so I'm sure he'll be fine. But he lost one of his hosting gigs via Viacom, was his boss in that one. And they said that they reject his anti-Semitic and bigoted comments that he made on his podcast. That's what they're calling them anyway. But he was on his podcast and he was interviewing, what was the guy's name? He was interviewing a, a rapper named Richard Griffin, who about about the rapper's dismissal from the rap group Public Enemy in 1989. Mr. Griffin, back then, he had said that the Jews are wicked and we can prove this. He also said that they were responsible for the majority of the wickedness that goes on across the globe. And so they were talking about those statements that he made. And Nick Cannon was agreeing with him. And then he went on to say that, to talk about white people in general, and he was talking about how white people are barely above animals. It was all very, very divisive comments that I think are only being put out there in order to cause more division to stoke this this racial tension that's going on. And the reason that I think this story is interesting, not just because of, it, of what's going on just on the surface, is there were two other stories in the past week or so. With professional athletes making similar comments. And th- these are all comments that are basically spouting the teachings of Louis Farrakhan. And one was Deshaun Jackson of the Philadelphia Eagles, who he falsely attributed a quote that was from a book that falsely attributed the quote to Hitler, but it was a very, very anti Jewish quote. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not good stuff to be spouting right now, but when nobody focuses on it, it really makes you curious. Then another, what are a you basketball. What du- do you mean?
0: It makes you curious about what?
1: Okay, I should clarify. They have the First Amendment right to say it. It is their First Amendment right to say things like this. Even if you don't like it, it's their First Amendment right. But what I mean is, if you say anything like this, if anybody says any comment even – Similar to this You would think They'd get canceled You would think That it'd be yeah. all over The news But it wasn't With these two athletes And it wasn't oh, Until Nick Cannon Said it So right. Stephen Jackson So it's
0: outrageous To say it And right. they're saying it now And they're getting Away with it
1: Exactly So two athletes uh, Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson Both came out And said these comments That are being called Anti-Semitic And then Nick Cannon Came out and echoed Similar themes In his comments And now people Are focusing on it I'm just curious Where this is going I know it's to stoke And cause more racial division but this is kind of an interesting twist to see. Yes, yeah, so I would be teachings. surprised,
0: right? If that if if that becomes part of like the trilectic, like another because so so you you have to have a little bit of a backlash against the Black Lives Matter thing. I mean, I just think it's going to happen. I don't mean you have to have it. I mean, that's how this stuff always works. They want to maintain the two party system. You're going to have a backlash. So and how and the funny way is how it actually works is Trump. This is it, it, there. I saw another thing trending on Twitter. Journalists share data showing black people are more likely to be killed by police after Trump says more white people are killed. Now, first of all, black and white are now capitalized. I, I noticed it immediately the first time I ever saw that. Now they're making they're hardening the the racial boundaries, just as our racial boundaries are, are blurrier. I mean, I, myself, just by having, you know, my kids, I have an Arab ancestry and my kids have a Hispanic and Arab ancestry. I mean, I, I look at myself, I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, I'm white, but like, am I capital W white? You know, I don't fucking know. So so they have so now we have that which is totally hardened and listen to how the the answer is framed it says uh trump said that more white people are killed by the cops and this is basically debunked by this says Snopes, washington post whatever multiple studies show black americans this is the answer in the same paragraph who multiple studies show that black americans are killed by the police at much higher rates than white people now You you know exactly why both of those statements are probably true in absolute numbers, since I think the black population is only 13 percent of the total population in this country, that it would have to be they would have to have what is that two, four, six, eight, seven times as much or eight times as much percentage. It would have to be eight times if you wanted the absolute number to be higher. So Trump oh, right. is probably right. You know, I mean, the numbers are probably higher for white people, whereas the percentage is probably higher for black people. Oh, that's absolutely true. And yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying is that they said Snopes debunks what he said. It's like it doesn't. Right. That's stupid. So they've got all this. You know, that's just the way. That's how everybody
1: is. reported it. That what he said was false. It wasn't false.
0: Yeah. They were both
1: correct statements.
0: And here's a here's something that there's something that from last week or the week before, very, very controversial. I read it first. Heather McDonald wrote about it in the Wall Street Journal. It was this um, University of Michigan study that pointed out that that the race of the officer is uncorrelated with the shooting death. So you are not more likely to be shot by a white officer if you're black than a black officer. And that furthermore, it's it says that it that the highest correlated factor with being shot by a cop is the proximity of crime in your neighborhood so that your or it's it's the amount of crime in your neighborhood so your proximity to police uh to police is the highest factor correlating with likelihood of getting shot so if there's a lot of crime in your neighborhood there's going to be a lot of cops in your neighborhood and that alone can account for this now it says if you're in a white county with a lot of crime, then white people are more likely to be shot by cops. If you're in a black county with a lot of crime, black people are more likely to be shot by cops. And it goes on to say the data shows the crime rate uh yeah is more correlated with the um the crime rate is more correlated. It says the vast majority, between 90 and 95% of civilians shot by officers. Now, officers are civilians, by the way. They are not the military. Really hate it when they say that. Um, officers were actively attacking police or other citizens when they were shot, 90 to 95%. 90% also were armed with a weapon when they were shot. Now, I think that being armed with a weapon, they just get to shoot you. So I don't actually take Being armed with a weapon, I would like to dig into that a little bit too. The horrific cases of accidental shootings like mistaking a cell phone for a gun are rare. Okay, so you can read that study, the University of Michigan study. I'm reading it right now. But there was a controversy about the study in that University of Michigan retracted the study, not because they said there was flawed at all, but they said and not because Heather McDonald wrote a story about it. They provided her with the story, but because they felt that the in, in their words, we retracted the paper because we overstepped with the inferences we made from our data. We did not uphold the high standard of drawing careful and measured conclusions that is necessary for scientists studying this important topic. That's kind of reasonable. I mean, I, I don't know about retracting it. I'd have to go read it and see how they couched it, if this is a paper they wrote in response to their own study, or if it's the study itself, cannot be isolated. But yes, they, the data, if you provide the data, which I'm sure they absolutely did, then uh, yeah, then The findings were published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, or PNAS. And yes, if they want to retract the conclusions, that's totally fine. But I think I've seen, Dean tweeted me the data out of the AJC. When the Ahmed Arbery thing came down, he said, actually, the statistics do not bear what they're saying. This is a problem we all need to worry about, because otherwise, uh, you've got citizens, whatever, siding with, The cops, when we were all concerned about this issue before it became racially charged, this is a that's a bad thing. Making it racially charged makes it less likely to be resolved in a way that we are all uh, more comfortable with. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And you know what they say about facts, facts get in the way of truth, as we've learned recently. So. Putting those facts out there, they say, well, it just matters how you feel. That's the truth. Don't worry about the facts. And I want to give you a little a little riddle or a quiz right after this word. Hey, what's up, guys? With the world as crazy and unpredictable as it currently is, the time to start living a truly sustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of rugged independence, is right now. And Neighbors Feed and Seed has everything you need to help you do just that. Small engine repair, garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feed, chicken feed, premium pet food. Neighbors has it all. And right now, they want to give Propaganda Report listeners an opportunity to try one of their new products, Southern Nights CBD Oil, at a 20% discount. So go to NeighborsFeedandSeed.com or visit the store in person if you live in the Smyrna area and use the promo code PROPREPORT. That's one word, all caps. P R O P R E P O R T and you'll get 20% off of your CBD oil purchase. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Neighbors Feed and Seed is a fantastic business ran by friendly, knowledgeable, liberty-minded people who bend over backwards to help their customers in any way that they can. Check it out. I promise you, you're gonna love it. Quick correction. The coupon code for the 20% off the CBD oil is prop all caps. And the coupon code for the starter seed packs is prop report, P R O P R E P O R T, all caps, no spaces. And neighbors has started their very own neighbors community market, farmers market that is on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So check that out. Should be a lot of fun.
0: I want to give a couple of other shout-outs, too. One to ourselves. I hope that people will consider becoming patrons. And if you already get... Enough of or have time for no more of our great content because we provide so much of it free Consider showing your support by becoming a fan of the free But there are a whole bunch of other patron tiers Every one of which has a different package of things that you can enjoy from additional content to disappearing patron parties Check it out patreon.com slash propaganda report and the other thing is I wanted to give one of our valued patron saints A shout-out, this is Andrew in Alaska, who always has something really worthwhile to say, so let me read this to you. A shout-out to my wonderful wife, who will give birth to our first child, a girl, around the end of August. My stress is minimized because my wife and I see eye-to-eye on how we should handle bringing a child into this weird world. Cancel your social media, get to know your neighbors, make your world smaller, but keep your eyes open to the bigger picture. Great advice. And breastfeed and make homemade baby food. Keep up the good work, he says to us. Thank you, Andrew. You too. Congratulations, and Andrew. Yes, I know. Isn't that wonderful? There's really nothing, nothing more delightful than a new baby. They're so, they're so schmoopy.
1: The only way they can stay that way.
0: No, come on. We need to, we need to raise them up good. There's <laughs> a fight to be fought. Come yeah. on, man. The bigger, the better.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what so else you
0: got? What you got on I the- I want to see uh, if you- yeah.
1: If any names pop into your head here, the Aspen Institute, the Aspen Institute being one of the think tanks, one of the powerful think tanks that help set the national and global agenda. It's where all the elites get together and share ideas and create policies unelected. They have recently held their annual Ideas Festival, and three prominent speakers were advertised for the opening night session. This was the three big names they were promoting to promote this Ideas Festival. Off the top of your head, two of these people have been prominently featured in the news over the last six months. Any ideas?
0: What's the exact award for?
1: It's the Aspen Institute Annual Ideas Festival. Ideas. And these are the three prominent speakers that were opening up on the first night of the festival to... Launch okay. the idea. This is the the global ideas, yeah, ideas, yeah.
0: ideas. So it's got to be Greta Thunberg.
1: No, you're not okay. far off. There, two men, one woman.
0: I don't, don't know hints, no hints. Um, ideas. Now, Aspen Institute is like custom made for Stacey Abrams. She's probably associated with it.
1: You got one of them.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Although, what's her? What are her ideas?
1: Who are the other two? That, that's who okay. we want to. All
0: right. The other two uh, are men. Okay. Thanks for the hint. The other two They're both who devils are, right oh, now. Oh, for fuck's sake. Fauci and Gates? Bingo. Come on. You nailed it. Come on. Join, I join them all. Join Bill even Gates. Know the you nailed, yeah.
1: Join Bill Gates, Dr. Fauci, Stacey Abrams, and more for a free digital ideas festival. All Stand over,
0: back. I'm going to vomit.
1: Yeah. So she's, she's up there in the world now getting featured with the, what some believe to be the Antichrist himself. Actually, I believe Fauci and Bill Gates both get accusations of being the Antichrist. And then you have Stacey Abrams.
0: So oh she ain't going nowhere. I can't, I can't yeah. suggest this. We're going to have to go a minute longer on the show because I just have to. So you can take minute. that in for a yeah. second? Because I did. I looked up who Dr. Faustus was and wasn't he a doctor who dabbles in black magic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about like who could ever think he was attractive. There, I got a thing. I tweeted at you. I got many, many responses. People were just, everybody had the little vomit emoji there or at least I had enough for everybody where it's a picture of him looking as good as he can possibly look. And, uh, he, it says it was an ad in an article I was reading and it said, sign the thank you card to Dr. Fauci. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Dr. Fauci for helping kill my brother. Thank you, Dr. Fauci for destroying the world. Thank you, Dr. Fauci for treason you know stuff like that. Yeah, really. So nice. I got so, I got some tweeps like that in return. <laughs> what a piece of s. <laughs> oh, a vaccine is coming, by the way. So here's the thing: there's all this. I'm not going to get into it. I don't think I have time. But all this stuff on on the economy, the banks are all preparing for much more d- defaults than the original. Originally thought the only thing keeping the economy going is the, are these. Stimulus checks, which are increasing the deficit by trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer spending is, uh, consumer prices are going up now relative to a dip over the past couple of months, but grocery prices have gone up steadily the entire time. That is the most regressive price increase you can have because we all need food. Even if you stay home and don't eat gas, you absolutely have to have food. This is a sick, sick thing these people are doing. and uh, And I do... And one of the things that I think Jamie Dimon said was that we will have nothing but pain, economic pain until there's a vaccine. And if they, if they, when they want people to get that vaccine, they will pull back on those stimulus checks. They're going to start messing with that. Those are over July 31st. If, if I understand correctly, that's really going to have an impact on the mood, on the markets, on the economy, how they manipulate who gets those checks, who's going bankrupt. I did want to say two things. One is they mentioned that. Uh, credit cards, auto, student loans, and corporate debt had all reached record highs before the Corona thing happened. So that just supports my theory that this is all a big fat bailout and the entire expansion since 2008 was a can kicking exercise. And I wanted to just point out that and that uh, I had a friend who uh, I met him at Citibank, who was like one of the richest guys in the world, or his father was anyway. They ran a private bank, largest private bank in Europe at one point, point. and during 2008, they were going under. They needed a $1.5 billion bailout, which they did not get. They did go under, and they sold just for nothing their bank to Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank took it over just to save their face. Deutsche Bank, it was later exposed, got a $35 billion bailout. Oh. So... So they just chose to take these, this private, these private people who had a lot of money and had influence, and they just decided not to bail them out. And Deutsche Bank, which they did de- bail out at 20 times what that bank would have needed. And then, and Deutsche Bank controls that bank. So who controls Deutsche Bank? I'm sure the governments or the powers that be, whatever, but this family could not be controlled. So. That's what I think they do. That's the mechanism by which these bailouts and these crashes can restructure the world into the hands of people who play ball. And I
1: think contributing to that, we're going to see tons of people across the country out on the streets because they're going to there's evictions are starting back up and i've started to see more and more stories about this i have some friends that i was talking to about this because they were facing eviction threats in the past month or so and millions of americans across the country because they haven't their their unemployment checks have not come in there's people who applied for them back in april have not got them still it's still processing and it's causing all these problems and this is all coming together with evictions you know, starting up again, and people are going to be out on the streets. There's going to be, there's going to be a lot of despair in people if something doesn't change very soon.
0: That's why I think they can heat this up. That's why you didn't have the protests because of the stimulus. They can, they can, people. I, I from the beginning, I've had had resistance where people will say to me, like they can't manipulate things this much, and I'm saying they can't manipulate stock market. They, they can, they can. They're doing it with that money and with the propaganda. They can. They do it with the Fed and the media. I mean, those are the enemies. And yes. they're the ones that control the minds and the hearts of the people. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I lose hope when it comes to this. That stuff, it, look at what it's doing. It has everyone completely we're all puppets now. Well, the hope, I think
1: there's always hope there. I think that, I think part of the strategy, part of the strategy of, it's a Solinsky, it's a, the art of war strategy is, is in that you make yourself appear to be more monolithic and more, And powerful and imposing than you actually are. You create that perception, then the public accepts it and you don't actually get revealed for not being as flawless and powerful. And and they're all humans. And I think the power from the individuals come in recognizing our own biases, our our own vulnerabilities to emotional manipulation and then being very aware of that.
0: I totally agree. A big tool of theirs is for me to think of them as all powerful. And I had said it before and I felt validated when I heard Catherine Austin Fitz say it. I think that their weakness is that they don't even know what they don't know about having a soul. (laughs) You know what I mean? They don't understand I mean, they understand fear and greed. They are working with those yeah, two levers, absolutely. but there, there is something more there. And I think I, for one, my scales have fallen from my eyes every time there's been like a real critical juncture. I, I well, It's opened up before me a Vista I didn't even know was there. And I think that is the depth of somebody who's really seeking the truth, which is probably not anything they're familiar with. But before we close, I do have one thing to say. Go for it. We're going to do the Disappearing Patron Party. This was a weird month. We got pushed back because of the meetup and the 4th of July. But fortunately, there are five Fridays in July. So we did our first Friday meetup a week late. We're going to do the second one. The VIP Disappearing Patron Party is going to be July 23rd. Can we double check if that's a, a Friday? July 23rd, a Friday, and... Um... 24th, 24th, Friday, July 24th Friday, July 24th is our VIP disappearing patron party this month that means if you're a friend of the show or patron saint, you get to uh, live stream with us, have a cocktail it's a smaller group so any comments you make are sure to be responded to and it's always a ton of fun go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and during the patron 15, I want to tell you about two statues that have gone up in Europe in this new age of changing heroes.
1: All right, fantastic. And I want to tell you my thoughts on the Wayfair. Is that how you say it? The Wayfair? Yeah, story. Wayfair. Yeah, the mm-hmm. scandal with Wayfair and how it might or might not connect to Nexium. And I want to tell you about the image of Ghislaine Ghislaine Maxwell
0: Ghislaine that was released
1: and it might not be the type of image that oh, you're thinking
0: I've got some Ghislaine stuff too
1: you guys can find your drive time news blast every week to afternoon at theproproport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed if you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMV you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron we will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the patron 15